Hey Oliver, what's going on? It's been a long time since we've actually done this episode or this series, the nonsense and story time. It's been I have to check, but it's been it's been a it's been a while. Yeah. What was that delayed yeah, response? Yeah, it has. No, sorry, getting a little lag on this end. Oh, were you? Are you actually? Yeah. No. Oh, you're um, messing with me. <laughs> I love to. That wasn't funny though. But yeah, no, it has been forever, pretty much. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It says our last one was released on May first. Dang. Oh, May. Ooh. May. Man. I know. How how long ago was that? Because I'm not good with my months. You know. Uh, me neither, but currently it is July. I only know um, that because the 4th of July was two days ago as of... So that was two days ago then. May was yes, two days ago. No, two, no, one day. No, two days. One day. I'm talking about May. What are you talking about? I'm talking about 4th of July. They're the same thing. So it was May. May 1st was our last episode. Um, That was part four. So now this is going to be part five. Um, We're yeah. uh, left off on chapter 36, actually. Um, I sent you the script. Did you or not the script? The the book. Did got you get it? it? You open got it? Oh, and okay. ready to go, like a okay. gosh darn okay. professional. Man, it's yeah, been a no while. Swears. I'm actually eager to get back into this to those short, action-packed chapters. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're entertaining. Say what you will, but yeah. You know, one thing I want to say about podcasting is whenever I get in front of this mic, I always feel like I have to hold my breath when I talk. I don't know why. And I've been like I'm out of breath already just because it's like an automatic thing, and I don't try to hold my breath. Like right now, I'm not holding. It's just weird. I don't know. I feel like I've done that a little, but other times I'm just like, yeah, no, screw it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm I don't want to like, like breathe into there. the mic or whatnot, but it's like, right. I don't know. It's just uh, I'll try not. To, I'll try. It's like I don't know. It's an unconscious, inconscious, subconscious thing. Oh. Okay. But well, anything, I mean, yeah. Anyways, we left like off chapter thirty-six though, so. We got pretty far. Um, our book only has, I believe, forty-five chapters. Do you remember uh, how many chapters? I don't want to go and check because I'm already at chapter thirty-six. But it has what was it, a hundred and forty-two pages, I think. I'll look real quick on my other yeah. screen. It looks like we have uh, about fifty chapters. Yeah, fifty, okay. in, not including the epilogue. So that's like under uh, three pages. Per chapter, which is funny, but also is extremely depressing. <laughs> yeah, and then we had those chapters with like the super super long pages. Right, we could have well no, those were the ones I wrote. Well, super well I wrote long like pages. one or two of them. I tried to write the long boys to get it together. I think what we should have done was uh, taken a bunch of the smaller chapters and crammed them into one if it's the same character. Though oftentimes we're just sort of doing snippets, and I think that actually worked as a good format because it's you're showing the beginning of this uh, essentially apocalypse. So it's just sort of cutting to this is going on, and then we don't have to do all the long work of uh, getting to point A to point B. You just start at point B on the next chapter, and it's exciting that way. I don't know. It's just yeah, yeah. That's that's true. Um, oh crap. Hold on. No, that's true. Um, I accidentally closed my thing real quick. Give me a second. Um, I'm assuming this gets cut out, or we could just no, we're not cutting this out. This is content. The, the quality content of oh, hold on, just close this, and then just people are paying for very loud clicking noises. Oh, can you hear those? Oh yeah, that's hilarious. I'm thinking of getting this thing. It's called like a um, 
it's called a, like I don't know it's something it's a shock thing basically for the mic that it sits on it and so like when you tap on the desk or you click a mouse it won't pick it up it's only like it's it's not it's pretty pricey for like what it does it's like 50 bucks but right. it's it's pretty useful from what I've seen okay so I'm thinking of getting one of those all right I've got it back up all right we can actually start the chapter so like I said we left off in chapter 36 so we'll pick up from there sure. and then um, we can if you want to do voices we can if we don't really feel like it we don't have to um but ultimately, uh, do you want to start off again, or do you want me to start? Um, hey Siri, flip a coin. Where's my phone? Give it a you second. You just set one of our audience members' series off. <laughs> oh, that's actually funny. Honest. Looking for liver. Hey Alexa, I don't have an Alexa right here. Hey Alexa, buy pulled pork. <laughs> Alexa just buys a pulled pork from one of our audience members. We get a hate message. Okay. Hey. Siri's useless. She just told me where my own phone is, which I already. Okay, you know it. what? We're just. We're, I'm just gonna read it. Okay, hold on, hold on. We gotta do the true process of flipping. Oh it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What does Google say? Wait, what does heads mean? Well, it's heads. Whatever. That means you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. There we go. Okay. We did it. We I'm gonna go. Through. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. All right. I'm gonna go. All right. Thirty-six. <clears throat> Jim stepped out of the truck and walked onto the boat. The long ride had made his legs fall asleep, and now walking felt great. Oh, my legs feel like jello, said Jim, stretching. Rex agreed. Once the boat was filled, it closed the gate and set off. Evacuation group is being taken to the new camp by flight, said Rex, seeing the worry in Jim. Jim released a held breath. The boat rocked back and forth, seemingly hitting every wave. Jim and Rex walked back down into the hull of the boat. A small bar sat there. A waitress behind it, cleaning glasses and mugs, looked up and smiled. What's your poison? she asked, placing down her rag. Not in the mood for a kick. Give me a tall glass of coke, said Rex, sitting down at the bar. All right, your loss. What do you have, boss? asked the bartender to Jim. Same. The girl nodded and pulled out two large glasses from the cupboard behind. She then brought them over to the dispenser and filled each glass halfway with ice and then filled the glasses with coke. The liquid slowly filled the glass. The lady slid the glass glasses over to the two men and returned to cleaning glasses. Rex raised the glass to his mouth and took a small sip. Jim did the same. The drink fizzed in their mouths. I just love a cold Coke, said Rex, uh, Rex taking another sip. Jim pulled out his black leather wallet and slipped out a dollar bill. He slid across the table to the bartender. She smiled and took the bill and placed it in her pocket. My treat, said Jim. Rex nodded, and they bumped their drinks together. The men stood up from the bar and walked to the front of the boat, where small rooms filled the sides of the boat. Jim opened up a door that said vacant and stepped inside. Rex followed. Inside was a bunk bed, a little couch, and a small end table. I'll take top, said Jim, throwing his jacket on top and placing his drink on the end table. Rex placed his drink on the table, too, and bent down and laid on the bottom bed, stretching out his legs and arms. I haven't slept in a bed like this since college, Rex said, examining the hanging paintings in the room. Jim chuckled, and he climbed onto the top bunk and lay down. The bed squeaked with every movement. Rex uh, reached over and slid the occupied switch on the flicked off, uh, slid the occupied switch on and flicked off the lights. Jim turned on his side and closed his eyes. Sleep came quick. Okay. So I just... <laughs> I'm going to ask the question everyone's thinking, and how much? How much did Coca-Cola pay you? 
Like, what, what was that sponsorship in the middle of our story, Edmund? I, the reason I put Coke is because I didn't know any alcoholic drinks at oh, no. whatever age this was, so I put Coke. And you couldn't Google any. And I, I, you know what? I think I did. I just ended up being, you know what? Now thinking about it, if they were in like basically an apocalypse, I think they would be drinking, so this makes it even funnier. But the fact that they didn't and they just chose to get a Coke is hilarious to me. And a dollar for both. Yeah, yeah. Really? What is this economy? Both. Well, that fits in with the Coke sponsorship. They're like, look how cheap it is, dude. Exactly. Coke sponsor me, please. Coca-Cola. We don't want Pepsi. We want Coca-Cola. Pepsi sucks. Watered down Coke. Ew. Dude, Pepsi is... I can't say what it... Yeah, it's dog, you know. And then I'm probably going to get killed right now. Like, they're going to come through my door. Oh, yeah. There's a guy behind you with a silenced pistol. Um, I knew it. It's the darn people at Pepsi. No, that's actually I hired him. I'll just call him off real quick. Oh, okay. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, anyway, but no, yeah, that that's imagine. Okay, imagine you're like there's an apocalypse going on. For some reason, you show up to go to work in the middle of monsters rampaging across New York City, and there's a massive like wave of gas, and your work is on like a boat as a bartender. And two military guys who have been fighting those monsters walk in, and you're like, "Okay, what are you gonna order? Pick your poison." And they both say a Coke. Yeah, I, dude, that's some placement right there. Like, it's okay, that reminds me of uh, yeah. Transformers. Oh, crap, the first one with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And it there's a there's this terrible product placement where mm. he's I think he's running from like Decepticons, oh. and like a <laughs> Miller Light truck flips over, and whole bottles of Miller Light just splash dude. out. And he opens one on a car using, like, dude, and it's, like, so blatant. Like, it's such an ad. Yeah. So, such I know exactly what you're talking about. Dude, <laughs> those just, movies like, were infamous for their product placement. It was hilarious. Uh, dude, Michael Bay did not care. No. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bay is just like, you know what? There's three things in my movies, and it's product placement, bomb, uh, explosions, and just a bunch of violence. That's basically what he does. He's mm. Michael Bay. He's Michael Bay. He does what he does. I mean, yeah. And they pay it, him to make the movies. Yeah, it's true. It's they haven't gotten mad at him about it. It's no. Like, Everyone just expects it when you go into a movie. Like his new one, Ambulance, I haven't seen, but right. I'm betting there's like so much product placement in that. I've heard it was decent. I don't know how they um place like what kind of like defibrillators? Like what? Imagine defibrillator brands. Yeah. Just like, grab the three three four eight. Act three of this movie is sponsored by, well, yeah. <laughs> There's like a warning message in the bottom. Please do not use on living persons. <laughs> Dude, they'd ha- would they have to? Like, what are the requirements? Can you, okay, can you advertise for like medical equipment like that? In movies? <sighs> I think it's different. Like, you can't say like, oh, I got to, like in a movie, you say Pfizer. That's different. But if you say vaccine, there's no advertising. So you'd have to say like the brand and stuff. But they always say like, oh, grab me an Advil. Or grab me like something like that. So I think that's different, but I'm not sure. We'll have to I'll have to look into that. Well, I feel like that's more. I don't know. That's a good question. I guess there aren't too many regulations then because it's like. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Well, what, what do you say we uh jump into thirty seven? Sure thing. You want to go with that one? Alrighty. Yeah. Uh, warning to listeners: I will be maybe coughing or something. That was a fart. I hope you didn't hear it. Are you sick? It. 
I am and was and have been for like three weeks. It oh, did you catch COVID? Chronic. So here's the thing. Mom tested positive for COVID like first day she was sick. Uh, I took three tests. None of them were positive. So I don't know what's up with me. My mom um, caught COVID also, but I didn't. I actually was negative. So I ended up going to my grandma's for like a week and a half. So I wouldn't catch it. Dang. Dude. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Here's the thing. I don't know why I'm thinking of this. Imagine like, okay. Imagine like tenant covid like imagine you reverse like you invert a disease right so it like kills people backwards so then they would start out alive. two idea no they would start out dead and then they would grow to being living well it's okay so it's the disease that does that so how does that affect their cells i guess but if you invert the disease so it's traveling back in time and it's okay wait no how did this work this is too much. This um, is not a science show. No, but it's like... I'll ask my boys at um the big questions of a bit, little world... Or crap, I forget their name of their show. I feel yeah. so bad. Oh, absolutely. I'll ask like, them, though. Great questions. Uh, of... Yeah, I don't know either. That's a little embarrassing. I did listen to some episodes. They're, that's pretty good. Fantastic. Oh, did you podcast. listen to it? Yeah, very informative. Very, like, you want to... I've had so many random questions about random things that I've just spontaneously thought of on the spot. And, well, you can try uh, sending it to the email. They answer some of those. Well, the issue is I forget them, but they're always like interesting. Like it's something that someone would respond to. Well, that's a good question if you ask them that question. So, and that's the kind of exact questions that they answer. So. It's called the little details of the great big world. I butchered oh, yeah. their name. Yeah. They got yeah, a, no, they are interesting. I've, I've listened to all of them so far, but they're, uh, they do yeah. answer some really good questions, and they actually do research about them stuff. The stuff, so it's like actually uh, oh, yeah. pretty factual. So that's what's nice about it. I've um I've had actually both of the hosts on my show before. So uh, yeah. once during the chicken nugget, and then the newest one before this on the regular. Hmm. Um, I've had him on here, Isaac and Jack. So they're pretty cool. Um, they do really interesting podcasts. Be sure to check them out. I'll leave their podcast in the description of this episode. Hmm. Um, but anyways, let's jump into uh, thirty seven. Without further ado. Okay, hold on for a second. I'm kidding. Um, 37. The boat... Mm. The boat pulled into the dock and the horn blew. Jim and Rex woke up and wiped their eyes. The sun shined in through the open, uncovered window, blinding them for a short period. That went by quick, said Jim, sitting up on the top bunk. Rex nodded and stood up and twisted his upper half of the body so that his back made cracking noise. Made cracking noise, yeah, that's what it says. Jim Jim jumped off the upper bunk and walked over to the door and opened it. Other crew members were rushing by the door to get out. Outside was bright and windy. Rex held his hand up to the sun to block some of the light out of his eyes. Near the dock, two gray and yellow striped helicopters were landing dust flying up underneath them. That must be the evacuation group over there, said Rex. Jim turned his head to see as the first person stepped out of the heli. He nodded and began to walk over. Brad stepped out second, covering his eye with a light blue cloth. Covering his eye with a light blue cloth. What happened? asked Jim. Uh, running with a mutant. Jim nodded and waited for Sly and Josh. Sly stepped out and immediately noticed Jim. Josh noticed two seconds later. They walked up to Jim and shook hands. Um, where's Matt? Asked Jim. Sly looked down and spoke. Mutant got him. Sorry. 
Gym size widened. What? No, okay, hold on. Gym size widened. What? Jim said in disbelief. Josh placed his hand on Jim's shoulder and looked into his eyes. I'm, I'm sorry, but there was nothing we could do for him. Jim brushed off Josh's hand and turned around and walked to find Rex. Josh and Sly followed. The small camp like the one in New York was set up no longer than 15 miles away from the dock. They had taken buses and trucks to reach the camp. Computers were set up on long tables, and men with guns were also set up around the camp. What's with the guns? <laughs> okay, wait, okay. Mm. What's with the guns? Asked Rex <laughs> to Brad. Precautions, said Brad, leading the men to a small tent next to the one filled with computers. Inside was a wall covered with small silver containers strapped to a wall. What are those? Asked Jim. They're temporary antidotes for the virus. If you get scratched or bitten, use this and you'll be cured from the scratch or bite. But it only works for current scratches or bites. If you get bit again, you won't have to take another. You would have to take another one. Wait, you have a cure and you haven't realized it? Asked Sly. Not a cure, a temporary antidote, corrected Brad. Our best researchers, our best researchers and scientists are working on a cure, this is as far as they've got with the time they've had. They need more time to find anything close to a cure, said Brad, handing each of them silver containers. To use one is simple. On the side there is a blue button. Hold the front of the container to your neck and press down the button. You'll feel a little prick and then maybe even feel lightheaded, but it's a good but it's got a strong forty three percent chance of working. Jim, Sly, Rex, and Josh examined the containers. Only 43? Yeah. It's the best they could do. They slid the containers into their pockets and listened for further instructions. In a few hours, you'll be sent back to New York to exterminate as many of those mutants as possible. We now call the mutants ICCs, Infected Contagious Civilians. It's actually X, but ICCs is just how it's written, because it's an abbreviation. Well, I'm just, yeah, he's a military guy. He's just reading it anyway. Okay. Thanks for interrupting me, Edmund. Whatever. Jeez. <clears throat> we now call the mutants ICCs, Infected Contagious Civilians. Wait, you guys are sending us back? Asked Sly, outraged. Yes, you guys and a couple more. If you're working on a cure, why exterminate the ICCs? Because even though the virus is now airborne... The virus can still be transmitted through bite or scratch, and we want to minimize the possible ways of catching the virus. Josh sighed. All right, then. But we're going to need protection from those ICCs. We know. That's why we made all of you special, almost impenetrable suits of armor. Even the teeth of the ICCs can't break through the armor. Your body will be completely safe. We'll do it. Great. A helicopter will pick you up in three days. Till then, you have time to prepare, and maybe even train in hand-to-hand -hand combat when fighting ICCs, Brad said. All right, where do we get our I All right, where do we get our anti-ICC armor? Glad you asked. Please follow me. That was an interesting chapter, and it is Ix. I came up with the name, by the way. So, 
I thought it was a pretty cool name. Um. Anyways, the, the fun. What's with the guns? <laughs> uh, what's with the guns, dude? Like, what are we? What are we like? What are we doing here? Why do we? Why have so many guns pointed around? It's yeah. We could just be nice to them if they come up. Like, I, I don't get it. Right. What's with the guns? Yeah. No. But this is like I think. Um. I also one thing I noticed is it said you know it says for like forty three percent chance of the. Of if it working, right. we don't actually ever use that in the rest of the book. We just mention that, and we don't use it as like a potential like probability of like somebody catching it and dying from it. I just remembered that cool. um, everybody who uses it, it works on. Okay. So well, like, I mean, <laughs> hold on. Okay. Everybody's forty three percent chance has worked. Well, if okay, so if if like if dude, if Star Wars can get away with like the outrageous plot armor they have i mean come on we you remember when ray held up like that dagger and it perfectly matched from where she stood yeah yeah she exactly just... where she stood was where it lined up walked to a random place and like held up the dagger and was like oh uh all right i gotta go there right and then she just like, somehow went there just somehow i know sort of. like, it's like yeah. come on yeah okay i guess we can get a pass with this and there's so much more i don't know i don't know stories are bullcrap <laughs> yeah Pardon my French. <laughs> All <sighs> right. Uh, there wasn't much, too much in that chapter to really discuss. So I'll move on with 38. Um, this one's a Raven chapter. Ooh, I like Raven chapter. Dang, and you're stealing that from me. I am. Like, I stole your life. Okay. Wish I won that coin flip. All right. Go for it. <clears throat> Ooh. A sudden crash awoke Raven, and she went on high alert. Raven had not remembered dozing off, but apparently the rest of the group had as well. As she got up, she noticed Jasper and Will were still in the room, but Duncan and the other man missing. The three of them hopped to their feet, making their way towards the sound of the crash. As the group sprinted, multiple gunshots echoed throughout the building. Raven, Will, and Jasper all ducked in unison, but the bullets didn't seem like they had been directed toward them. The gunshots continued for a moment just before going silent. Raven cautiously got up, lifted her MP5. She crouched, walked forward, pointing her gun at the door ahead. Suddenly, a foot kicked the door open from the outside. She raised her gun, but it was just Duncan who had come out. He had a terrified look on his face, and the barrel of his pistol was smoking. Get up the stairs, now! Duncan, Will, and Jasper sprinted up for the stairs, but Raven stayed, looking into the room. For the brief moment that she looked inside, Raven could make out a shattered window. The only things on the ground was an MP5 and several bullet casings, but the other man was missing from the room. Looking back up at the broken window, Raven realized that it was big enough for a person to fit through. A hand caught her arm, and she was pulled away from the doorway. She turned, but it was only Will. Hurry! We gotta get out of here now! Raven and Will sprinted to the stairs, circling up flight after flight. It was an arduous, arduous run? I don't know how to say that word. Arduous, meaning like arduous. Difficult. Oh, arduous, okay. I didn't know that's how this was spelled. Arduous run. But somehow, Raven managed to keep pace. As Raven jogged, she heard a faint screeching noise from downstairs. She paused temporarily to look down the staircase, but she saw no infected coming after them. However... If she looked deep down and passed the few staircases directly below her, she could see a faint mist covering the floor, and the stairs several stories below. It was catching up. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. 
like two Raven lines. chapters are always interesting. Oh yeah, two lines of dialogue smoke uh, spoken, and you get like you so don't, much. Hey, you don't need dialogue. Exactly. You just need a good story. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's. Well, I was I was gonna say like so much emotion and stuff conveyed, and like you get the, I mean, you get as much feeling of dread as you allow yourself, but like seeing the, her looking down at the end of the chapter and be like. Ooh, the mist is rising it's catching up and then mm-hmm. cut to black essentially or cut to different scene pretty much is how you do that in the movie but it's like next chapter and it's not her chapter it's you know suspenseful and that's what i was trying to add and fifth grade me understood that and yeah i'm just gonna flex on all you it's you know it's so interesting looking back at these uh, and being like man our fifth grade minds were advanced as heck yeah <laughs> I'm jealous, dude. I want to invent a time machine and again. go and kick the crap out of my fifth grade self for not keeping up the good effort and like staying the course and like keeping myself smart all the way up. Like I got dumb, dude. Man, I was big brain and then freaking shrank to a size of a peanut. <sighs> hey, just a quick question: Are you touching your mic or is it just making a sound? I'm not touching my. Is it? I no. Um, I was. You were. You were okay because it, it's it sounded like banging like it was like you were hitting it like this. I wasn't like touching it like I'm just like grabbing it like I wasn't I didn't do that but I was like sort of like stabilizing it and like moving it. I'm a oh I don't know boy. that might that might have made the noises. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. You're, you're forgiven. <laughs> nice, nice. Huh? Stay hydrated. <laughs> huh? Oh, Stay yeah. hydrated. Always, I have been. The next, the next chapter has a lot of those um, separations with the stars to know to signify like time has gone by. There's okay. at least twenty of them. So, alrighty. Well, I'll try and get my reading voice on. I do like that we're reading each other's chapters because I do, like I do. We're sort of getting insights into yeah. the brains of not just our past selves, but like each other's past. Right. Exactly. Selves. How messed up we were. Oh yeah. Let's on. Let's Dark be honest. Days. What what the heck was a fifth grader doing writing these stories? Honestly. Dying. Yeah. What, what, what? instead of getting their grades up i'll mention i i mean i had my grades up but yeah well shut up um no i i don't know i i my chapters i think i did less chapters but i think i might have dare i say i worked on it like the same amount as you did but i just went more thorough and tried to actually have grammar in my chapters but yeah i should not have been doing that when my grades were in the dumpster but hey but middle school doesn't count it's high school that counts that's true i'm not doing well here either (laughs) Um, and that's our segue to chapter 39 speaking of high school helicopters the helicopter landed on the hard ground of new york streets sly stepped out of the helicopter followed by jim rex josh and a few other men as soon as everyone stepped off the helicopter it began to fly back into the sky we're at 1,500 hours. Let's meet back here at 17, said Sly to the group, walking off. Everyone broke off and set off in different directions to begin their hunt for the ICCs. Sly finished climbing to the roof of the tallest building and began to set up his equipment. He slid, he slid off his charcoal gray backpack and opened up. Inside lay an 8X magnification scope and a suppressor, which he began to attach to his rifle. Sly slung his sniper rifle over onto the ground. He attached the scope first and then the suppressor, then unfolded the bipod and placed the gun on the edge of the building. He laid in his stomach and, and looked through the scope, 
scanning the streets for ICCs. His eyes laid upon one, and he locked the visual, adjusted his scope to 200 feet. Slay aimed again, putting the crosshair over the ICC's forehead, and pulled the trigger without any hesitation. He fired another shot into its corpse for reassurance. Corpse. He fired another shot into its corpse for reassurance, and began scanning again. Jim walked through the streets silently, searching the now empty building for any signs of ICCs. In one building, there was a hole in the wall. On the floor of the building lay a motionless body covered in rubble. Jim walked over cautiously. He bent down and took a pulse. Nothing. He stood back up, rubble crackling under his boots. As he turned it all around, all he noticed was a white blur, and then he was on the ground. As he lay there for a few seconds, he saw an ICC standing over him, arm raised for a finishing blow. Jim rolled to the right, causing the ICC to strike the ground. Jim stood up and removed his pistol, shot, shooting two rounds into the ICC, killing it instantly. Jim lowered his gun and breathed. He placed his pistol back into his holster and removed his assault rifle from his back and held it with both hands, ready for another attack. Josh walked through the half-collapsed building, shining his flashlight into some of the empty rooms. The building was dark and musty. He had his gun ready and loaded and looked from room to room. Nothing. Next room. Nothing. The next doors were lo were closed, and he so he gripped... Mm, man, dyslexia today. Sorry, ladies and gents. Let's be honest, just gents here. Uh, next room. Nothing. The next door was closed, and he gripped the knob and pushed. It was locked. He tried again. Nothing. He moved on. The next room was filled with rubble. In this one, between two pieces of rubble were legs, little ones. Josh walked out of the room and onto the next. Nothing. Up ahead was an exit door. He again gripped the knob and pushed. The door opened slowly with a creak. It was a stairwell to the second floor. The door was being blockaded by debris. He pushed hard, and the door creaked open further, and he slipped through. Once he got in, he looked up, and it seemed endless. He faced his gun flashlight. He... <clears throat> He faced his gun-attached flashlight towards the first steps of the stairs and began to walk up. He tried to tread as quietly as possible. As he turned the corner onto the next flight of stairs, there, at the top of the stairs, stood an ICC hunched over and standing still, breathing heavily. Josh stood back and slowly aimed his flashlight down to the floor. The ICC acted as not to have noticed him. Josh stood still and slowly reached over to the flashlight and flicked it off. Then, he slowly raised his gun to his right eye. He saw the ICC's hair, head in his crosshair. He pulled the trigger. A muffled echo rang through the staircase, and the ICC fell limp. Josh continued up the stairs. As he stepped on the, on the last stair at the second floor, a low, creaking noise caught his attention, and he turned his head to see the door was going through... Oh, boy. It really doesn't help that there aren't commas in a lot of... Okay. Whew. He turned his head to see the door he was going to go through open, and a hand reached out and gripped the door. Josh pointed his gun at the hand. The door slowly opened further. Then a head showed, then a blur of white. Josh was slammed to the ground, and so was his gun. The ICC stood there with his head cocked sideways, its teeth showing, its eyes staring at Josh. Then the ICC pounded on Josh and slashed his face, but Josh blocked with his arm 
a spray of blood covering the walls. Josh yelled in pain and kicked the ICC off and began to stand up when it tackled him down the stairs. He fell on his back on the last step and screamed in agony. He couldn't move. The ICC stood up from the corner of its stairwell and slowly walked towards him. It clicked its teeth, staring menacingly. Josh did nothing. He couldn't. He was paralyzed from the fall. The ICC got close to Josh and bent down and looked into his eyes and looked into his eyes. It raised its hand and dug into Josh's chest. He screamed. The ICC pulled out its hand and looked at it as if amused. Its hand was stained red with Josh's blood. Josh began crying from the pain. The ICC raised its hand and grabbed Josh's face and began to squeeze its nails and bones stuck into his cheeks and head. All he could do was scream as the nails and bones stuck deeper and deeper. Then the screaming stopped and was replaced with shrieking. The ICC noticed this and removed its hand as the transformation began. Josh slowly began to turn, his chest sprouting bone spikes. All over his body, bony spikes began to break through. What emerged after wasn't Josh anymore. It was one of them. He had become an ICC. Dang, killing him off like that, Evan? Okay. <clears throat> Rex looked at his watch. It was 1834. He turned on his heel and began walking back to the meetup point. He had eliminated two ICCs and found no unturned survivors. Rex heard a footstep that wasn't his. He stopped and prepared his gun. Out of an alley ran an ICC. Rex aimed and fired, and the ICC immediately fell limp. He lowered his gun and continued walking. Sly folded his bipod, slipped his gun over his back, dusted off his pants, and walked over to the roof exit door. As he opened the door, a hand flew out and knocked Sly backwards to the, to the edge of the small roof. An ICC emerged, hunched over and foaming, overflowing from its mouth. It slowly be walked over and grabbed Sly by the neck, its claws digging deep into his throat. Sly tried hard to scream. Are you just killing all the characters? Holy moly. Okay. Sly tried hard to scream, but blood gurgled from his mouth instead. I can't keep from laughing, man. The ICC growled. Ooh. The ICC growled and hung him over the ledge. Sly removed his Glock with one hand, stuck it directly in the thing's face, managing to shoot three times. The ICC howled before dropping Sly, stumbling forward and clutching its face in pain. ICC fell. No. Ugh. Sly fell until he hit the ground, staying alive just long enough to hear his bones fracturing and shattering on impact, and to see his blood splattered the sidewalk. The ICC toppled from the building, managing to produce one last scream as it dropped, landing right on top of Sly and finishing him off. Before we continue, yeah, this Man. is just a whole slaughter fest, this whole chapter. Dude, this is like any mafia movie. It's just like the freaking, what is it? Uh, what, what's it called when a bunch of stuff happens in a movie? Like a bunch of st uh, a bum rush? No, it's like uh, um, bunch of stuff happening at once. They just show like short things of it. It's like oh, a montage. It's just like a oh. murder montage from a mafia yeah. movie. Just this right, guy gets killed. This guy dies. Man, this is oh boy. Good, huh? Though. Uh huh. Fantastic, fantastic, great. Love to just <laughs> see these two characters you put so much work into. Anyway, man. Okay. Rex reached the meeting point and leaned against the abandoned car. 
He adjusted his mask and looked at the time, 1857. He looked around, hoping to see people walking towards him. Nothing. 1858. He looked around nervously, thinking the worst had happened. 1859. He thought they might be late. Maybe they just decided to turn back now, he thought. 1900. He decided to give them till 1910. The clock star struck 1910. Still nobody. He removed his walkie and spoke. Hello? Anybody? Sly, Jim, Josh, hello? <coughs> Only crackle filled the speaker. He leaned off the car and looked around. The sun was beginning to drop. He didn't want to call the transport and leave his team stranded, but he didn't want to die out in the middle of a death zone. He was torn between options. Leave and risk stranding his team, or leave and sit. Leave and risk straining his team, or leave and those are the same option, or leave and save himself. He didn't know if they were dead, lost, or late. He finally made up his mind. He pulled up his walkie and spoke. Sorry, guys. I don't know if you're dead or alive, but what I do know is I can't wait for you guys anymore. Sorry. He switched the channel and spoke again. Hello, this is Captain Rex. I need a transport from NY. He waited for a response, but was rewarded with nothing but silence. He tried again. Hello, I require a transport from NY. He said sternly, nothing. He wiped the sweat from his neck, cursing to himself. He wondered what had happened. Had the base been run over by ICCs, or had the division suddenly transported base to another area? He simply did not know. The sun had now completely disappeared. He walked to the side of the car and tried the handle, and surprisingly, it creaked open. He climbed inside and sat in the back seat, removing his backpack and rifle before closing the door. He sat on the seat and rested his hand on the front passenger headrest. He adjusted his mask again and tried to close his eyes. He didn't know if he would survive the night, but he would try. Rex slowly opened his eyes. It woo. Rex slowly opened his eyes. He then realized he had just dozed off. He looked at his watch, 2238. He then scratched his head and heard a very faint sound of a reloading gun. He turned his head to look out the back window of the car. He saw a woman, no older than 25, crouched beside an abandoned vehicle, reloading her gun clothed in, new clothed in a scrub. He saw three ICCs walking towards her. He knew she wouldn't be able to hold them off. If she did shoot all of them, more would arrive soon. He opened the door. Hey, lady! She looked towards his direction. He waved his hand, motioning for her to come. She turned around and looked at the ICC and looked back at Rex. She hesitated and then ran toward Rex. Rex opened the door wider. The girl jumped in and pulled the door closed behind her. Get down before they see us, said Rex. The two crouched down to the floor of the car, their knees digging into their chests. A shadow appeared by the window, and they both held their breaths. A second later, the shadow disappeared. They both released their held breath and stood up in the back seats. Thanks, said the woman. Yeah. What's your name? Asked Rex. Kai. Did we decide that it was Kai or Key or what's the name? It's Kai. Okay. Kai. Guys, if you don't remember, Kai is uh, Nurse Lady from way back when Dr. Lady. I don't know. 
we had like a oh did you die and then she didn't apparently so yep that's that's happening here two characters die and now this who was it three characters no two yeah no rex was the, okay anyway my name's rex the two of them shook hands rex looked at his watch 2314 rex sighed and leaned his head against the car window and kai did the same they both drifted off into a light sleep Okay, yeah, no, so actually three people died, so it was Sly, Josh, and, um, um who was the third one? Dang, that's sad, we can't even remember him. I know, rip. I feel bad. That rip. Uh, Sly, Josh. Sly, oh, Sly, Jim, Jim. Josh. Jim, Jim died, From no. the beginning, he just killed him just like that, wow. Oh my goodness. But what a way Dude, to go. Dude, anybody, I'm mad I killed off Sly. He was my favorite character. I mean, cool name. It like, is cool. You know how I got that name? No. So there's a, a video game. Uh, for, I'm not sure if it, I think it's for, it was for the PS2. PS2. And it was called Sly Cooper. Okay. And, and it's basically a game about like uh, a thief that's like a raccoon. And it's like a bunch of animals. Like there's a raccoon. I think there's a pig. I think there's a cat. I'm not sure what the animals are. Anyways, Sly Cooper was the game, and I had played it on my PS Vita when I had one. Mm. And so that kind of that and the name kind of stuck with me. So I was like, "Ooh, Sly Cooper, Sly. I like the name Sly." Mm. So that's how I came up with the name uh, Sly. Just to let you know, by every time you move, your mic makes like a huge banging sound. So like, sorry about that. Try to be, uh, and also you can sit back because you have a very projecting voice, so you can like sit back. You don't have to get close. Not that far back. So I can't sit back because I'm currently like this sitting right on top of a uh, like like a, a ball, an exercise ball. Oh, that's a chair. That's probably what's that's making what it, the sound. Yeah. I'm, well, you can get another chair, can't you? Um, the only other one is broken. Oh, that's another chair, but that's loud. Uh, oh. If we want to like pause for two seconds, or you just want to entertain the I'll folks just entertain at home, our audience. Already. Adios, going to get another chair, gang. Okay. Um, but anyways, not uh, not turning my mic off, by the way. Okay. Just gonna oh, let you all okay. hear this. Okay. Um. Uh, I was gonna say. Oh yeah. So actually, um, yeah. So just a quick thing. So the ICCs I are are called ICs. Also in the book, they're written as I dot C dot C. Um. So it could be ICC. It could be ICs. It's really up to whoever wants to read it. However. Um, but yeah, and then, yeah, so Slim, uh, Jim, Josh were all killed off. Um, Sly was my favorite character, like I said, it was named after a video game, Sly Cooper. Um, but the rest, I, we just, I think there was actually a kid in our class named Josh. You remember him? Brown, blonde hair? Josh, uh, Josh, Josh somebody K. we don't name, Josh yeah. K. Yeah. Good thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know why, if, I don't, I don't remember hating him. I just think he just, I was like, oh, cool, he's Josh, let's put him in our book. Um, Jim, there's no guy in our class named Jim, we just, is like Jim. Imagine we had just done like, like just straight up like Colton and like just freaking Susie and just, just all of them. Just yeah, who cares? Imagine. Uh, just take their name. Yeah. Other people in the class, and these are really the unsung heroes here because they actually other people contributed. Like we had some people sort of. That was the very very early stages. Well, I think further on even like because we just did it so long ago, people are like like what what's up with this and they contributed a little was it i asked some people to write like short stories and stuff and they just didn't but uh oh yeah i come to think of it no one really did anything apart from it was really just you and i yeah well they don't get any money from it so jokes on them 
Ha, ha, ha. Neither do we, but... Oh, neither do I. You, get, we you get have the a Patreon. Credit. You have a Patreon, my guy. Don't try and put yourself in my group here. But, okay, to be fair, though, the money from the Patreon actually doesn't go to us. It goes to supporting the website that we that we bought. So we're able to use the money from the Patreon to support the website. Okay. Just saying. Like, literally all of the money goes from the Patreon goes to the website. That's how little we make, and also that's how much... I mean, it actually... It's perfectly... The website's like about, like... Twenty dollars a year, so um, okay. and we make like ten dollars, I think, in like <clears throat> two months. So, um, it's basically it pays for itself. And then if we do have leftover, we add it to so we can try to see if we can find like a better recording like software stuff like that. So we don't actually really use the money, um, for anything. Dang, we'll save it for so. the main feed, Bucko, because I don't think anybody actually listening on the Patreon wants to. Like, I don't know if they really care. Yeah, I honestly, I don't even know if anybody listens to these on the Patreon. They're getting this quality content right here, so... It's know. okay. When it eventually gets released to the... Act- oh, I'm not going to say that because nobody will pay for the Patreon. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. Uh, it's getting anyway, cut out, I guess. Nope, not cutting it out. That's just nope. a little teaser. All right. Oh, well, now okay. they know. You don't have to finish anyway, the sentence anyways. for them to know. All right. Any worries? Yeah, yeah, okay, you don't have to say it, whatever. It's not a big problem. Um, so yeah, so this episode is actually, um, or along with the rest, will be released eventually, all on the regular free, um, after a few months. So um, yeah. All right. Well, let's pick up with forty, and I'll read forty. I was clattering my teeth there. Could you hear it? I could hear it. Good. Congratulations. Nice. I don't know why I did that. I'm tired, so <laughs> I'm just obeying all these things. Quick, actually, yeah. Because you said you got a MacBook from school be- to do this, right? I did I not. We're gonna. This is a home MacBook from my parents, and I think I specifically oh. texted that to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the school gave you a Chromebook, right? Yes. Chromebook. Oh, I was going to say, if the school gave you a MacBook, I would have been pretty excited because that means next year we'll get them. But Dude, gamers. It's school. Oh, well. Pog. Anyways, let's get on with chapter 40. Yeah, so. Another Raven chapter. You just killed everyone, and now we're. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I have the balls to do it. I mean, that's fair. Imagine Rise of Skywalker. They're just like, oh, yeah, Ray dies. Fight with Kylo. Kylo just stabs her. Honestly, people would love it if Ray died. I'm just going to say it. Dude, they would applaud in theaters. Ray Skywalker. No, like, what? Like, come on. It's clearly stated Ray Palpatine. And then she's right. like, no, I'm a Skywalker. But Ray ba- You're going to really disown your family like that? Come on. I mean, they your tried to make it. like the most powerful guy in the universe. They tried to make it like a narrative theme of like. She's like, ooh, who's my family? Who who were they and stuff? And then it's like so revealed, nobody, ooh, you're the family. bad guy. But then she like comes around and she's like, you know what? I don't even have to be born of the family to be a Skywalker. And that's sort of a theme, but just the way it was delivered and like how Star Wars fans are, they just absolutely hated it. So that yeah. was not the play to play. Speaking of Star Wars, Raven. Is that hold on. Hold on. How does this connect? We have to we have to get a proper segue here. Wait, what's Ravencroft? I don't know what you're... Cast... I just heard that somewhere, and I can't remember where that's from. Ravenloft? Ravencroft. I know, like, Castle Ravenloft is like a D&D thing, but you're no, not Ravencroft, that kind of what's that from? I don't think it's from anything. Uh Oh, that's Marvel. Whoops. Well, Marvel actually owns comics yeah. that Star Wars is on, so they're connected. That is true. There oh. we go. Boom, that's a perfect segue right there. There we go, flawless. Oh my goodness, we're so good at this. Right, okay. From now on, all of our segues have to actually work. 
Yes. Where we have yeah. to figure out one. how it works. What are you talking about? That's true. Yeah. Okay, Raven, anyway. Ravencraft. Okay, anyways. <clears throat> 40. Raven turned back to the stairs and continued her run, sprinting up the stairs and to keep pace with the group. After another story, she found Will waiting for her. What happened down there? Will wiped the sweat off his face with, face with his free hand, holding his MP5 with the other. Duncan said that one of the infected grabbed Rafe through, her, through the window and pulled him through, but he managed to shoot it. Those things are probably after us now, since the gunshots probably attracted more. Raven nodded. Got it. But why are we stopping here? Shouldn't we be, shouldn't we be proceeding to the roof? Duncan says that he needs to apply a med kit. He's bleeding from a cut on his leg, and it's slowing, and it's really slowing us down. Raven cussed under her breath. Fine. How long will that take? Should be done in a few minutes. Raven sighed. She didn't want to have to stay here for too long. After all, the gas was catching up, and apparently the creatures were too. However, they never reached the helicopter with Duncan's bleeding leg slowing them down and giving the creatures a blood trail uh, straight to them. Raven turned around, looking down the stairs and passed. She couldn't see any signs of blood anywhere. Not even the smallest drop was visible. Not on the stairs themselves, nor their surroundings. Raven turned back to Will. I think there's more happening than Duncan's letting on. Will gave her a puzzled look. Look, do you see any blood anywhere? Will looked past her and shook his head. Exactly. And when I looked into that room, and looked into the room that Rafe was supposedly grabbed out of, I saw no glass on the floor. If one of those things climbed up and came in through the window, there'd be some glass on the floor, wouldn't there? Besides, look at the evidence. Rafe and Duncan were the only two people in the room inside that room. Will's face seemed to grow pale for a second, but then he spoke. What are you saying? Do you think... Do you think Duncan murdered Rafe? Raven nodded. What reason would he have to do that? I'm not sure. Has there ever been some sort of rivalry between them before? Will shook his head. They weren't the best of friends, but they didn't exactly hate each other. I have no reason to believe that Duncan would ever do something like that. Raven thought for a second. What kind of helicopter exactly is coming to pick us up? Will shrugged. They didn't give me the exact specifics, but they said that it would be a civilian helicopter. Most police helicopters are already busy relocating civilians. So, a Fox News helicopter was all that they said they could manage. Why do you ask? Oh, crap, said Raven. What? Fox 5 News uses the Bell 206 as its standard aerial vehicle for filming. And? And they only have four seats each. Duncan murdered Rafe so that there would be enough seats for all of them to get on. Will looked down, processing the news. Does that four seats include the pilot? Will looked up. Because if it does, Duncan will have to kill another person in order to get the rest a seat on the copter. Oh no, he's alone with Jasper, isn't he? Will looked up, eyes wide. We have to go get him right now. Will opened the door of the room next to them, jogging inside, his MP5 ready. Raven followed suit. Just behind him, Will turned past a row of cubicles, coming just near the window. I don't see him around here anywhere. Where is he? Raven approached the window, just for a quick glance at the street below. The fog was rolling up near the base of the building, perhaps a mere 100 feet below. It covered New York like a blanket, skyscrapers sticking out from between the mists. 
Squinting hard, Raven could make out the edge of the, of the fog line. It seemed to be rolling outward from the center of New York, headed for the other cities. Excuse me. Raven was getting carried away. She would have time for sightseeing later when she was safe aboard the copter. Now, she just had to worry about Jasper and what Duncan could potentially be doing to him as she wasted time staring out a window. Raven turned toward where Will had just been. Have you found Jasper yet? Raven was cut off as Will's boot nailed her right in the chest, knocking the wind out of her. The force of the impact sent her flying backwards directly towards the window. The glass shattered and Raven plummeted out. Will didn't even watch her fall. He turned, leaving the room and shutting the door behind him. Will continued up the stairs, walking up near Duncan. The bulky man turned, acknowledging Will with a nod. Is it done? Out the window, just like you said, Duncan nodded again. Good work. Now I'll get a guaranteed spot on the heli. I think it was worth it. She was curious. Too curious. She was going to find out sometime or another. Besides, now we don't have to keep impersonating cops anymore. Jasper shook his head. She's literally the only reason that we got off that roof alive. And how do we repay her? By pushing her out a window, Will piped up. I kicked her though, actually. Same difference. Jasper sighed. My point is, I kind of wish she could have stayed with us. We kind of ditched her somehow instead of... We could have ditched her somewhere instead of murdering her. Actually, we could have just knocked her out on the top of the building and left her. She was resourceful. She would have found a way out. Duncan frowned. It wasn't a choice. She was both a liability and a threat to us. It's better for everyone this way. Jasper opened his mouth to say something again, but Will chimed in first. We should get going. The gas and those ugly little demon creatures are f closing in. We gotta get to the roof and signal our guy before we end up like Lamar did. Jasper recalled the last of their group who had been left on the roof of the mall, just before being stabbed in the neck. He shuddered. You're right. We should get going. Whoa, 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 whoa. Does, does Raven die? Yeah, I killed her off right there. Oh, wow that's crazy. it's great yeah no i was i was being all preachy i was being like wow that dude three guys in a chapter and then i just have one of my own characters literally booted out of the story hey yeah so one of them feels bad though for doing that yep jasper i'm trying to characterize our antagonists even like you touching the mic again you can really tell can't you yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna like chop one of my hands off or hold, nail hold it your knees press. or something. Dude, my knees are like I'm they're bouncy. <laughs> See that makes them not the mic have a noise too. Um but yeah, no, that was a that was a good chapter. I, I was like, wait a minute, this whole time this yeah. whole time they were like they were, they were just trying to get rid of her. So that's what I was trying to if you remember in the prologue, like some random detective gets killed when some random criminal guy breaks out that's who it's supposed to be but oh. that's never clearly said yeah oh my goodness it's it's such a weird setup that it's i don't know that's crazy but i didn't even know that <laughs> anyone listening like connected those dots before now like well done to you because that was yeah oh i don't know my that, goodness. that was that's not crazy well, i didn't mistake. wow i didn't know that that's that's intense right there. That was, that's good planning. Ahead. It's all part of the plan, baby. Nice. Yeah. All right, and I want to continue in this. So you pick up 41. All righty. Yes, sir. Mm. 
The sun shined through the window, catching on Rex's eyes. He slowly opened his eyes and noticed a small pressure on his shoulder. He looked over and saw Kai leaning her head on him, sound asleep. He didn't know whether or not he should wake her or wait for her to wake on her own. Kai yawned and stretched. She realized that she was leaning on him and quickly sat up and ran her hands through her hair. Rex looked over to her and noticed she was maskless. Uh, how did you not turn? He said abruptly. She turned and looked at him, confused. Why haven't you turned? Because I have a mask on, and you don't, so again, why haven't you turned? She wiped her nose and spoke. I don't know. Maybe I'm immune. How should I know? He scratched the back of his head and fixed his mask on. Oh. A loud gunshot startled them. Rex looked out the window and saw a man holding a shotgun up, shooting the ICCs. The man was tall and had a bulky coat. Rex motioned to Kai to follow him. Rex slowly opened the door. He stepped out and helped Kai out. Rex waved his hand up to try and get the man's attention. Finally, the man noticed and began to walk over, his gun pointed towards the ground. The man stared at Rex for a while before speaking. How did you get here? I came to... Or no, hold on. New voice for this guy, new character, new new man, so... How'd you get here? I came to exterminate as many of the ICCs as possible. The ICCs? You mean those little white pests and... Yeah, those things. Those things are aliens. They killed all my friends and turned them into more aliens, I swear it. The man pointed an insistent finger at Rex. And, and, when they attacked us... They were coming from the sky. Kai shook her head and, and spoke up. They were probably just jumping from buildings. From what I've seen, those things can climb. No, they were coming from the sky. I saw them. They killed my friends, but I ran to a place with survivors. Kai spoke again, this time taking more interest in what he had to say. Can you take us there? I'm the only one of the other survivors but they're welcome to newcomers. Sure, I'll head you to camp. Follow me. The man turned along, talking as he went. My name's Trek, like Star Trek. What's yours? Kai. Rex. How long have you guys been living here in NY? Only days, he said. The man turned the street and opened a door to one of the abandoned, to an abandoned store holding the door open as Kai and Rex walked through. Trek turned, slamming the door shut, and walked to the back of the store. In the back was a small fire and a bunch of people sitting around it. Why are you wearing a mask? Oh, because there's a virus going around and turning people into monsters. And for some reason, you, Kai, and the others have not turned. If we hadn't turned yet, I guess that means we're safe. Kai looked around. Oh. If you haven't turned yet, I guess that means you're safe. Kai looked around. The man changed the subject. Our food source is good, and we managed to keep them aliens and their virus for now. Keep out them aliens and their virus for now. Trek sat down on the ground in front of the fire and waited for Rex and Kai to sit too. We can get you all out of here, said Rex. We can find a truck and haul them somewhere safe. No! The yell started at everyone, then Trek began to whisper. This 
is the only safe place from those aliens. I bet the whole world is filled with those aliens. Rex began to shut his mouth, but Trek shushed him. Rex began to open his mouth, but Trek shushed him. Nowhere else is safe. We have food and shelter here. Rex looked over to Kai. She was rubbing her hands in front of the fire. Thanks for letting us stay here with you guys, said Rex to Trek. No problem. Eh, just be sure you don't mess up the regular routine. We're also have to kick you out and feed you them aliens. <laughs> Rex chuckled, exposing several yellow and black teeth. Neither Rex nor Kai found the joke too funny. Trek stopped laughing abruptly, sensing how awkward the situation was. <laughs> Trek got up, determined to break the silence. Well, I'm going to go scavenge for some uh, equipment from the group. Want to join me? Rex looked over to Kai to see her response. She nodded for him to go. Yeah, sure. Trek stood up and grabbed a backpack in the corner of the room and began walking to the front of the store. Rex followed. Here's some protection from the aliens. Trek handed Rex a pistol, then a backpack filled with water bottles and a wrapped sandwich. Rex swung the backpack over his shoulder and followed Trek out the door. Trek pulled up the door and slammed it shut in Rex's face. Rex opened the door and walked out, following Trek. Trek walked out into the middle of the street, walking around abandoned cars. The city was very quiet. The only sound was the howling wind. After a couple hours of walking, Trek walked up to a door of an old apartment. I'm going to check this place. <coughs> I'm going to check this place out. I didn't get the chance last time. Rex nodded and followed the old man into the house. Inside was a hallway and a staircase that led to the second floor. Trek climbed the stairs. On the second floor was a hallway with one door. Trek walked over to it and tried the knob. Locked. Next, he pulled, off his, he pulled out his gun and shot the knob. There was now a hole where the handle used to be. Trek pushed it open and walked in. Inside it was a kitchen filled with a test tubes and a syringe. Or test tubes and syringes. Next to the tubes was a notebook filled with notes about multiple tests. The notes talked about responses to the different tests. The name of the person who wrote down was Fra who wrote these down was Fraser, Doctor Fraser. In his notes, he was talking about a cure for rabies. <laughs> Just a lord up here, a cheap, a cheap and successful cure. He also wrote down the reason. He wrote that he was being paid good money to test these rabies tests on someone, on himself and to report these side effects. The man paying Fraser only told him that the that the reason for all this was if rabies had another dangerous outbreak again, like back in 2004, they would be prepared to have a more effective, cheaper way out. Rex pulled down the notebook. He remembered that horrible time in history. A majority of the population was infected. The already created vaccine for rabies had worked, but not in everyone. So work had been done to make another one more effective and more cheap, and whoever was paying Fraser to test these tubes on himself hadn't succeeded. Rex turned around to find a giant hole in the front window. He wondered what had happened. All right, let's go, said Trek, walking around at the door. What did you find? asked Rex. Oh, just a few things. Cope. Books, nothing too life-saving. The boots, the coat, for the others? Yeah. The two of them walked back outside and began their walk back, 
stopping at stores and houses along the way. Okay, so real quick, this chapter right here at the end, the lore dump that we just went through, mm-hmm. that was actually the beginning of, that was originally the first chapter. It started out with him testing one of them on himself, breaking out and starting the infection. That was the original beginning chapter. We changed that so that it was the interrogation. Or no, what was the first one? Um, yeah, it was the interrogation. The interrogation. So this is actually it. This actually still works because it gives a lore dump to be like. Because remember, we mentioned Fraser from when they're in Shinjuku, Japan, and yeah. the lawyers there. So we now we now we give some more information about um Fraser. But this is all we get. This is it for the rest of the book. Fraser is no longer mentioned at all. Did we move the like uh previous prologue chapter to somewhere else in the book? Because I don't know. I remember um, I don't reading think it. So. Maybe I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but well, yeah, that's what happened. I mean, if we read it, I guess you've already heard it, dear listeners. But uh, yeah, I don't know. So that I like this chapter though. I like I I like Trek. Well, only because of the voice, but yeah, no. I mean, the words you wrote down for me. Uh, yeah, no, they went well with the voice. I mean, this is New York. Everyone should be like, "Hey, I'm walking it," but no. I also think that I, we did make kind of like a continuity problem because right. he asked, "How long have you lived in New York?" and he said, two days." When he's actually been living there all his life, but we'll talk about that. Well, I didn't really know Wait. who asked that question because Trek asked them. Rex. Yeah. Okay. And I think Rex was Rex. No, didn't maybe Rex did move there. Well, Rex came remember. with the group. Maybe that's what he was talking about. I assume. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they all died, and then. The... <laughs> well, I mean, it took a turn, but now we're following Kai and we're following Rex, and it's like a new whole new arc. You just we're like playing with these toys. You had Jim, you had Sly, you had Josh. It was so fun, and then you got bored, and you just dropped them on. Who's gonna like, die next? Rex is gonna who. keep him. But uh, anyway, new big chapter. Uh. Dear listeners, no, we'll just crazy. have you read it, Edmund. Uh, okay. All I'll say is I lied previously. Uh, what, I wonder what you could have lied about. What did I lie about in the podcast? Chapter 42. Yes. Ooh. Chapter 42. <clears throat> Raven rubbed her aching head drowsily. What? She's alive? When dun, she checked dun, her dun. hand, it was caked with crusty blood. She looked around at her surroundings. Realizing that she was on a scaffolding platform, a type that window washers used to get up high on buildings. Uh, and that's not even the first time that I've been knocked out today. Raven gave a small chuckle, but it quickly transformed into a wince and a groan as she turned slightly on her side. Glass shards surrounded her, and when she looked up, she saw the hole that she had fallen out of just a single story above, the window, and Will. She was starting to remember now. Will had kicked her through the glass, and she must have landed on the scaffolding and been knocked unconscious. She wasn't sure whether he was just trying to get himself a seat about about the chopper, or if Duncan had told him to do it. If Raven knew anything, though, it was that none of them were or had been swat. Raven tried to sit up, but the stickiness of half-dried blood prevented her from doing so. Reaching up, uh, with her left hand, she caught a hold of the railing of the scaffolding and pulled herself to her feet. A sharp pain tingled throughout her back, and when she touched the shoulder blade, she found a piece of glass the size of her hand lodged in it. Luckily, the shard hadn't dug too far in. With a slight tug, Raven freed the glass piece and dropped it on the platform next to her. Finally, 
Raven stood up, breaking, ripping part of her shirt off to tether around her shoulder and down to her arm. It wasn't much in terms of bandage, but the simple bloodstained piece of cotton would have, done, would have to do for now. Right now, Raven had more pressing matters, matters than just her bleeding shoulder wound. As she stood up wobbly and leaned over the railing of the platform, she could see that she was barely 60 feet from the gas. What was worse than the gas itself were the contents. From in the midst of the cloud, several white figures stood out. They scaled the building clumsily, some of their limbs bent in awkward angles, giving them an almost alien appearance. Raven searched for her MP5, but it was nowhere to be found. It must have toppled off town into the barren streets below when Will had knocked her through the window. All she had was the crude axe that she had fashioned from a paper cutter and a table leg. Fighting would be no option this time. On the, ledge of, on the edge of the railing near the cables from which the scaffolding was suspended lay a control panel. Raven looked through the controls and found several buttons throughout them. She pressed the light green up button and slowly the platform began descending on the edge of the building. Slowly but surely, she was getting farther and farther away from the creatures inside the fog. Raven breathed a sigh of relief. Upon reaching the roof, the first thing that Jasper noticed was the range of the cl gas cloud. It covered New York City completely, with only the exceptions of some skyscrapers that poked out here and there. But even the skyscrapers were slowly being covered. Jasper watched as the tops of a few other tall buildings disappeared inside the cloud of mist. He knew that the very building he was sitting on would be next. Peering over the edge to look at the progress of the gas in this building, he saw something that started him so much that he almost fell off the side. Rising just above the gas wall, Jasper could make out a window-washing platform slowly rising. What was even more surprising, however, was who was in it. He could see very little from how high he was, but the thin black hair was unmistakable. It was Raven. How high is the gas? Jasper turned, startled. What? Will repeated himself. I said, how high is the gas? Jasper turned back to the, to the edge of the roof and looked down. Uh, about 250 feet down? Anything down there? Will asked. Jasper, uh, Jasper shrugged in response. Unless you mean those creatures. Jasper shook his head. Nothing. Will nodded and turned away uh, from him back towards Duncan. Jasper breathed out a quiet sigh of relief. He didn't know what he had come. He didn't know what had come over him, but whatever it was, had probably just saved Raven's life. Duncan ignited the flare and dropped it on the ground. All right, Ellie should see the smoke in a little while. When that happens, we pretend to be SWAT again. Until then, stay sharp. Oh, she's alive! She's coming to get them. Is it gonna be a big fight? Uh. I don't want to spoil anymore. Like, I'm, okay, I'm, okay, 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 okay. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I'm honestly saying that I'm touching my microphone again. All right, hands off, hands off for good. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna just jazz hands. Don't touch. No, but um, yeah, I don't want to spoil. But I'm honestly sort of saying that because I don't exactly remember. But okay, yeah, no. and that's a nice save for you though. She's coming up and she's lost her gun, and I am proud of my past self. Because I have the narrative device of, ooh, the helicopter is four seats. To be seats. fair, I don't know a better five-year-old that could write something like this. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know a five-year-old could do this. Five-year-old, fifth grader, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, if five years old, that would be even more impressive. Oh, yeah. Dude. Holy smoke. Give that man a Nobel 
Peace Prize, give him an Olympic gold, give him, give him an Oscar, give him an Emmy, give this man... Give him a Leonardo DiCaprio. Give it, yeah. Just take Leo, just give him Leo, yeah. Just give him Leo. His own personal Leo. Leo. Oh, yeah. Just personal Leo. Speaking of Leo, um, he was a great actor. He's actually one of my favorite actors. Yeah. Him and Jake Gyllenhaal. Snake Gyllenhaal, my bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say his name correctly, gosh darn it. Show some respect. Would you like to resume with chapter 43? Oh, I thought you were actually going to talk about an Is there actor. is there anything really to talk about? Well, I, I thought you were going to talk about an actor for some reason. I was like, it's weird. Oh. But how how does... Okay, how does the segue fit? Um, actors, book characters are fake. Actors are fake. I mean, that works. That works. I noticed I, that. Dude, these, these segues are dude, this... impeccable. Well, so this is uh, Rex chapter, and I noticed that this guy's Captain Rex, which if you're a Star Wars fan, you know. So mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars references. This. Dude, what's the next this... reference we're going to have? Who knows? Uh, Who knows? This definitely ties into the MCU. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's canon. Oh, yeah. Like hard canon. All right, no touching this... Mike, and let's get reading. Well, yeah, I'm reading. Okay. I was just having such a fun time just sitting back and listening. All right. Well, yeah. Right? It's fun. It's nice. Because this brings back so many memories. Just mute your mic and stretch a little bit because you're not moving exactly. in your chair. And just exactly. You know, the... loosen up the, the tight joints that hurting. Sound making. of that crisp voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of crisp voice. No, we already Remember to lay off the mic a little bit. The closer you get, the more distorted it gets. So just, just a reminder. All right. Chapter 43 The walk back was silent and cold. A couple of ICCs appeared along the way, but it wasn't too much of a problem. Rex was still thinking about what had just happened at base camp and why they had left him and his team. Rex tried multiple times to not think about it, but he couldn't help it. Trek stopped, and because Rex was looking down, bumped into him, and he looked up and saw what Trek was looking at. An ICC. Yes, to them. It's an alien. The ICC locked eyes with Trek and growled. Rex noticed the ICC didn't have spikes, but was smooth, and its head was shaped differently, too. He also noticed that it had ripped clothes of the evacuation team on it. Rex thought about... Rex thought before saying it. Rex thought about... Before saying it. Okay. Sly? The ICC growled and began walking towards them. Trek dropped his gun and began forward and got down on his knee and began to beg. Please, please, I beg you, let me live. The ICC began to raise its hand to strike Rex to strike before Rex shot it, square in the head. Trek turned around, shaking. I thought I thought it would spare me. Maybe to leave Earth. Rex shook his head and helped him up and handed him his gun. The two walked back to the store with nothing else happening along the way. Dang, man. Trek almost got murked. Yeah. He... But dang, Sly coming back. Well, then... I wish we could have made that a little bit more emotional, but Come it's back. okay. I mean, you... I Hey, fifth grade, you tried. Don't describe him. That made me emotional. <laughs> you were there, and it's like, oh, no, it's Sly. He's smooth. He's fresh. And Oh, well, he's dead. Before, Yeah. I mean, that's true. That was pretty quick. And that's stuff. basically like... um. Um, Han Solo dying in Star Wars. Yep. It was like, oh, he died. Oh, well, let's move on to the next movie. 
<laughs> yeah, they just speed run past it. And then it. freaking Space Leia just starts floating around like a hot dog. Yep. Like a hot dog. <laughs> How often do... Let, just quick question. How often do you why. see hot dogs float? I, mean, I don't know why. That just reminded me of a hot dog because I had made like a Chicago style hot dog like a few like weeks ago. Ooh, and like, you know how it floats in the water? Okay, okay. <laughs> why are you putting Chicago style hot dogs in water, Edmund? Well, no, I was making one, so I had to like warm up the hot dog. Yeah. You put it yeah. in water? You have to boil the hot dog. Do you? I've been to your house. You have a microwave. Do you not? Have you? Hello? And he's gone. He's going to go make a Chicago style. Uh, oh, no, he's back. Sorry, I accidentally disconnected my mic. Or not my mic, my headphones. I was still hearing. But now I can't hear you either. Hello? Maybe I put Hi. them in the mic. Hey, guys, and thank you for listening to um, this uh, episode of Nonsense and Storytime. Uh, because this episode was so long, uh, I decided to split it into two parts. So this is the first part of two of uh, this specific episode. Thank you for listening to this uh, this episode on our Patreon. Um, I'm going to read off now our Patreons um, to thank them um, for uh, joining um, the Patreon. And that's uh, B-Boy Bobby and... <clears throat> Sorry, and Niels Bohr. Uh, thank you so much for joining the Patreon. It means a lot to us that you guys are supporting us on here. And I uh, hope you guys appreciate and enjoy the uh, upcoming content. <laughs>